0: We're glad you've chosen to listen to our weekly talkback. The weekly talkback is designed to take a portion of the teaching from this week to a deeper level. You may want to listen to this week's teaching, but it isn't necessary to understand the weekly talkback. If you'd like to connect further, feel free to reach out to us through our website, CanoyChurch.org. For now, enjoy the weekly talkback from Kanoi Church, where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. In our sermon this week, we talked a little bit about the parable of the 10 virgins, and I just want to talk a little bit more about that and then some other things. In Matthew 25, we have this pretty incredible story, parable that Jesus tells uh, in order to teach us um, a, a very specific point. and It's about these 10 virgins who are waiting for a bridegroom to arrive, and historically, um, the, the, the virgin or the, the bride would be waiting for her groom to come. Her groom would be coming from somewhere else. You know, uh, Towns were often uh, pretty big. Uh, farmland made people pretty far apart, and so there was this sense of waiting for the groom to, a come, to come. And, uh, and the, the, the bride's responsibility was really to just prepare herself to get ready so that when the bridegroom came, she was ready. Um, and this, this parable that Jesus tells, there's these ten virgins. Who take their lamps out and they go out to this place to meet the bridegroom and the the foolish ones take no oil with them but the wise ones take oil with them and around midnight the foolish virgins run out of oil so they they go back to get more oil to go buy more oil and while they are back buying more oil the bridegroom comes and takes the five virgins who were prepared with him And again, this is Matthew 25. And in our sermon this week, we we looked at a guy named R.T. France who is a a theologian from England. And he says that this parable is a specific warning to those who are inside the professing church who are not to assume that their future is unconditionally assured. All right. Now, what this can seem like is I'm just trying to scare you. And the church has a historical account of, uh, or or I should say a past account of trying to scare people into following Jesus. Ever wonder why there's so many uh, portraits by so many uh, famous artists that depict a insanely scary, fiery, torturous uh, version of hell? Uh, Why do we study these things in art history classes? Because the church commissioned these painters to paint The scariest pictures of hell, so that you would literally kind of be scared into following Jesus, or you'd have the hell scared out of you, right? All right, so I'm not doing that. This is, I'm not trying to share this story with you and make you all worried and scared because I'm telling you that your future is not unconditionally assured. If you have a relationship with Jesus, I think that your future is assured. However, what is true is that many of us will believe that we have a thriving relationship with Jesus just because we've convinced everyone else that we have, because we look a certain way on the outside. And we as as Americans, as just people with a Western mindset, have a, um, I don't know, a practice of paying attention to the outside. And we're not the only ones to do that. That was one of the biggest things the Sardinians did is they paid attention to what's on the outside. And so uh, if you were in Sardis in biblical times, and you walked around in dirty clothing, you could have your name removed from the list of citizens. We talked about that in the sermon. One of the ways that I think we tend to walk around in dirty clothing today and not even realize it is when we call ourselves a Christian, but we are more about following rules than we are about following the heart of Jesus. Now, that's not to say that when we follow the heart of Jesus, there aren't guidelines that we follow that are very important. We do, but we don't follow guidelines for the sake of guidelines. We follow these guidelines because it's the best way that we can honor Jesus, because it's the best way that we can love Jesus. And there's a couple of things that we, um, we can end up subscribing to if we're not careful rather than actually a true Christianity. And that's one of the biggest things that, you know, in all the research that I did in preparing for the sermon on Sunday, one of the things that came up consistently was that the Sardinians have to ask themselves, and then we today must ask the same question. Does the term Christian actually apply to us? Because if we aren't following Jesus, then it really can't. Christians is Christ-like, Christ-followers. And... Again, if we're not following Jesus, then we're not really Christians. If we are following a bunch of arbitrary rules that make us look like we're following Jesus, we might look like it, but again, we're not following Jesus and the term Christian can't apply. So one of the things I wanted to point out to our congregation was that there are some ways that it's possible to look like you are following Jesus, to look like you're wearing really clean white robes walking around Sardis, but in reality, you're not. Um, And so one of those ways was something called moral deism or uh, another a more popular term for it is is moralistic therapeutic deism, and what we're talking about when we uh, use this term is the idea that uh, yeah there is a God but we're more about the rules that that make us look like we're following God. We're more about worship, worshiping morality. We're more about being moral people than we are about being Jesus followers. Does that make sense? Uh, and so one of the things I said in the sermon was if somebody has a, their car breakdown on your way home from church and you stop by the side of the road to help them, that's an awesome thing. And from the outside, as your pastor, I might go, man, what a great Christian. Oh, what a good example of Jesus. But the question has to be, are you stopping to help that person because you follow Jesus and you know the right thing to do is to be the good Samaritan? Or are you following or are you, excuse me, are you stopping along the side of the road to help that person because you really hope other people will see that you're doing the right thing? You really hope other people will think that you're the good Samaritan. You really hope that it looks like you're being a good Jesus follower. And to you that might sound like a very small difference, but it's not. Because one of the things that we know is that God, from the very beginning, all the way until Jesus comes and helps us really understand who God is, has always been interested in our hearts. Our hearts Yes, he wants us to be obedient, and that is very, very true. And so if somebody is is ready to kind of point their finger at me and say, hey, hold on a second. What about obedience? Obedience, you're right. Absolutely. Obedience is a hugely important thing. But the obedient component of us is showing that our heart is in the right place. At least it's supposed to. And Jesus looks at the heart. So as your pastor, I might say, great job stopping alongside the road to help that person. Well done, good example of Jesus. But in reality, Jesus is the only one who can actually know if your heart's in the right place. The other, the other one I wanted to point out just on this talkback episode um, is something called altruism. And altruism is uh, is a moral practice of concern for the happiness and care of other human beings or animals or the natural world. And so as as followers of Jesus, what do we care about? We care about people. And yes, of course, we care about God's creation, you know, the plants, the animals, and the world. And what does altruism care about? People, plants and animals in the world. It's totally possible to, again, think that we're following Jesus because we're doing all the right things. But in reality, we're just being altruistic. We just have the best intention for everybody. But why? Why do you have the best intention? Is it because you were brought up in a world where we were told that is what you need to do and that's what you need to have? Or is it because Jesus has come into your life and completely reshaped your heart into his heart? That you've been reshaped in such a way that you look more like Jesus than you look like yourself? because that is what Jesus is looking for Jesus is looking for unbelievable life change you know we all have had to repent in order to follow Jesus every single person and if anybody is gonna try and tell you that they haven't then I'm gonna have to call them a liar okay so what's the word repent mean repent means to literally turn and go the opposite direction that you were going it's a hundred and eighty degree turn We've all had to do this. We've all had to repent from various things in our lives. No one is born perfect. No one is perfect. Except for Jesus. So, if we've all had to repent, we've all had to turn the other way, then there must be some reshaping of our heart that has had to happen. Because if that reshaping of our heart hasn't happened, but you have turned and gone the other direction, and you're doing it under your own power, at some point, you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be tired and you're going to be ready to give up because you feel like it's all fraud it's all fake it's not real and so maybe that's where you are maybe you are somebody who is just exhausted from always doing the right thing here's the good news you can have a relationship with jesus where that all depends on his strength and not yours and that's what we're talking about today Those people out there who don't follow Jesus but are altruistic, those people out there who maybe aren't Christians but are moral therapeutic deism, I mean, I'm glad they're there. I'm glad they exist because they're making the world a better place. But the simple fact of the matter is they're not following Jesus. And I want to be a Jesus follower. And I want everybody in our church to be Jesus followers, having a reshaped heart, desperately seeking to follow Jesus, desperately changing the world around us because we're following Jesus, because we're ushering in his kingdom. And the only way we do that is by giving our hearts over to Jesus. Hi, this is Pastor Nick. Thanks for listening. I hope something that you heard today was very helpful. If you want to connect with us further, feel free to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or our website, kanoichurch.org. Sure, I'm glad we're in this together.